Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Bills. I'm your host, Matthew Fairburn. I cover the Buffalo Bills for nyup.com and syracuse.com. Today is Wednesday, November 30th. The Bills are beginning preparation for their Week 13 road game against the Oakland Raiders, a big one, uh, as the Bills try to stay alive in the playoff hunt for another week, basically. Six and five they are right now. Uh, and they have to keep winning to stay alive. They can probably afford one more loss at most. And, you know, it if it comes this weekend, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But, obviously, the Bills want to keep this thing rolling. Two tough games on the schedule coming up in, with the Raiders and the Steelers in consecutive weeks. So, as Nikel Roby told me after the game in the locker room on Sunday... It is moving time for the Buffalo Bills, and they have to come out swinging. So we will get into some of the news and notes from the last couple of days and look ahead to that game. I wanted to remind you guys that you've got to get on SeatGeek. you got to download the SeatGeek app. It is the smartest, easiest way to get the tickets you want to see the big games this fall up close and personal. I used it a few months ago at the World Cup of Hockey. What I love about it is I pull up the app. They price compare for you at SeatGeek. And so I can see, I can make sure that I am getting the lowest price from around all the secondary markets all in one place. Plus, everything's color coded for you. So you can break it down by value. You know, find out where in, in the stadium is the best spot to sit on a per dollar basis. Best part is though to me is that it, it's backed up by the SeatGeek guarantee. Every ticket is backed up 100% guarantee. So, you know it's going to work. It's a much safer option than walking around and and scalping and doing whatever else uh, it is that people do to get tickets. The best part for you listeners is that you can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase just for being a Lockdown Bills listener. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, click enter promo code, enter the promo code LOBILLS, that's L-O-B-I-L-L-S, and SeatGeek's going to give you $20 off your first ticket purchase. So go ahead, download the app, enter promo code LOBILLS, and get yourself your $20. I mean... There's a lot of big home games coming up for the Bills, so uh, a lot of chances for you to get some good value and get $20 off a ticket purchase. So go ahead and download that that app and uh, enter that promo code and get get you some uh, get you get you a bit of a discount. Let's get into what's been going on with the Bills the last few days. 
they made quite a few roster moves yesterday. Uh, they started by putting Walt Powell, the wide receiver, and defensive tackle Corbin Bryant on injured reserve. Bryant was a little bit of a surprise. It looked like he was making some progress from his shoulder injury, but they decided to put him on IR, promoted DeAndre Coleman from the practice squad as a result, and with wide receiver Walt Powell going to injured reserve with that ankle injury he suffered on Sunday, they promoted wide receiver Des Lewis from the practice squad. Des Lewis, some of you might remember, was a hot name back in the spring. He was... You know, a guy who performed very well in OTAs and throughout his young career has performed pretty well as a as a guy who practices without pads. You know, in those pads and shorts deals uh, in training camp and in OTAs, Des Lewis is a guy who can make a difference. But when the pads come on, he has struggled. He's shrunk to the competition and to the physicality of playing in the NFL. This could be his last chance with all the injuries the Bills have had at wide receiver. It's taken them until now to bring up Des Lewis, which shows you a little something, but he does have height. He's had some issues with drops in the past, but I think mostly this is a confidence thing for him. His confidence was shook bad in the preseason and so we'll see if, if this helps him, you know, if he's taking that time away to better his game and if he comes out hungrier. I don't expect him to get a ton of run, uh, you know, in this offense right now. He'll be way buried on the depth chart. Maybe he'll be active, maybe he won't. But the fact that he got the call-up means he's an injury or two away from maybe getting some targets in meaningful action. And if this year has taught us anything, it's that, you know, the the injuries could come, especially at that, at that position. So Des Lewis is up. DeAndre Coleman is up. Walt Powell, IR. Corbin Bryant, IR. The other move that the Bills made, and this one was an interesting one, they signed Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas, you might remember, was a quarterback at Virginia Tech, started three years at quarterback, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals, spent time on the New York Giants and Miami Dolphins practice squad, but has only appeared in two games, only attempted nine career passes, completed one of them for an 80-yard touchdown to to Andre Ellington in Arizona. But a little over two years into his NFL career, he is now a tight end, which is very interesting. Uh, He's 6'6", 250 pounds. He was recruited to play tight end at Virginia Tech. He was actually a tight end his first year there, and then uh, they made him a quarterback and redshirted him, and he was actually the successor to Tyrod Taylor. But the tight end question has always lingered. I actually remember asking him about it at the Combine the year he came out, and he was you know, turned off by the question, but it's been one that's kind of hung with him. 
He was the number one tight end recruit in his high school class in 2009 in the whole country. And with his size, it's easy to see why. It wasn't until a few days ago when the Lions signed him to be a tight end, signed him to the practice squad, I think that you know he finally realized it was time to make the position switch. And the Bills quickly decided he's worth a spot on the 53-man roster at tight end. So he's their third tight end right now, and he is... He has to be on the roster for three weeks because they signed him off the Lions practice squad. So this is a legitimate investment in Logan Thomas. If nothing else, an investment of time in that spot on the roster. At 6'6", 250, he's got a basketball background. He's not completely inexperienced at playing tight end. It's a very interesting move. I know he was not necessarily thrilled about the idea earlier in his career, but he's doing what he has to do to survive and stay in this league. I think a lot of teams are looking at what Terrell Pryor did with the Cleveland Browns in his first year, switching from quarterback to wide receiver, and they're probably thinking it's worth a shot. We've already seen basketball players get turned into tight ends, and we've seen quarterbacks get turned into wide receivers. And why not give Logan Thomas a shot to maybe become a legit tight end? He was a beast of a running running quarterback at Virginia Tech. Uh, He had over 20 rushing touchdowns. He was also, I thought, a pretty solid passer at Vatek for a while. Um, The consistency was never there for him uh, with his accuracy and things like that. But he is a physically talented guy who has a lot of tools to work with. And so I'm interested to see how this one works out for the Bills. Maybe a guy that we never hear from again. And they cut him in a few uh, in a few weeks, but I think they're signing him with the idea that long term he may develop into something. So I think it's an interesting signing, one worth keeping an eye on. So what do the Bills have to do this weekend to get this winning streak to three games and beat the Oakland Raiders? Well, they have to do. Something they haven't done very often this year, and that's beat a team with a winning record. Uh, What you need to know about the Raiders right now, Derek Carr dislocated his pinky in the game on Sunday. He says it won't affect him in Week 13. He's waiting for the swelling to go down, and once that happens, he will be good to go. Depending on the reports, you believe he dislocated it in either one or two spots. Ian Rappaport says two spots. Looked like an ugly injury at the time, but he came back in Put a glove on, let a fourth quarter come back, something he's done five times this year. And so I think safe to say Derek Carr is going to be in the game on Sunday. Whether he will be as effective as he's been remains to be seen. But that Raiders offense, that Raiders offensive line, he's been sacked the fewest times in the NFL. Bills come into the game second in the league with 33 sacks. Derek Carr's only been sacked 13 times this year, so something has to give in that department. And Carr also has been known for taking shots deep. 
Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree have gotten open. He's not afraid to push the ball vertically. Ronald Darby is in the concussion protocol. Remains to be seen how much progress he can make between now and Sunday. And even with Darby in the lineup, the Bills have been up and down when it comes to defending the vertical passing game. They were better the last two weeks, but that was against Blake Bortles and Andy Dalton. Against Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, they got shredded in that area. So it'll be interesting to see whether Carr can take advantage of that against these guys. And I think that's probably the biggest area the Bills have to be concerned with. Because if if this game becomes a shootout, I'm not convinced that Tyrod Taylor and the Bills' offense can keep up with Derek Carr and the Raiders because not many teams have been able to do it. Cam Newton couldn't do it last week. I mean, the, the Raiders are 9-2 and two for a reason. They are playing very good football, particularly on offense. I think defensively they're a beatable team. Good not, good not great. Average, I would probably say, against the run, well below average. So those are the things I'm going to be monitoring in the coming days. Is Derek Carr completely healthy? Is that, that injury behind him? How is Ronald Darby feeling coming off a concussion on Sunday? And what what is the Bills' plan to limit that passing game and make sure that the big plays that plagued them during that three-game losing streak don't creep up and ruin what has been a decent little two-game winning streak coming out of the bye week. Because I truly think the Raiders are not an unbeatable 9-2 and team. Sure, the Bills have not been good against teams with winning records this year, but the Raiders are probably playing above their means at times and winning a lot of close games, which is good, not only in the sense that they're learning how to win close games, but also in the sense that that's how you make the playoffs. That's how you become the number one seed in the AFC is by winning those close games. And I think they're a well-coached team on both sides of the ball. But fact of the matter is, I think with their defense, they are beatable. They are vulnerable. They're a team that the Bills can beat and a team that the Bills almost have to beat at this point because right now the Bills have the easiest schedule. Of the five teams competing for those two wildcard spots, the Bills have the easiest remaining schedule. And so there's really going to, when you look back at the end of the season, there's going to be no complaints. You can't complain. You can't sit and say, you can't make excuses about injuries or whatever else. You had an easy schedule in front of you. All you had to do was take advantage. Got to win at least one of these next two, probably have to win both of them. And then it makes the game against the Miami Dolphins all that more important late in the season. So get this Raiders team now. Well, Derek Carr's pinky sore or while they're coming off an emotional win against the Panthers because you don't get to make the excuse that they're a good team. If you want to be in the playoffs, you got to beat them. 
I'm heading over to practice. Appreciate all you guys listening. A reminder, you can subscribe to the show by going to audioboom.com and searching Locked On Bills. You can also go to the iTunes store and search Locked On Bills as well. Rate and subscribe. It helps us out. Talk to you tomorrow with more news and updates from One Bills Drive. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.